The sheriff nodded. The movement of his head was long and slow. All the while he kept his eyes on Joe, as though he were in a debate with himself. He finished nodding and said, You keep in touch. I'll be around, Joe said as he backed a step away from the sheriff. He walked from the house, squinting into the darkness ahead of him. He looked to the starless and moonless ceiling of night. Hard on his back, he felt the sheriff's eyes as he rounded the car. He felt as though a crosshairs had been laid upon him. He forced himself to walk slowly. Driving back to his apartment, he first thought through the circumstances of the night, a night that had left him unsteady and uncertain. Slowly, however, he came to the realization of loss. A man, a man who might have been his best friend, had died. A man who was certainly the only person with whom Joe had ever discussed the war, and a man who had shared memories of the world turned wrong. All warmth had been lost in the night, and the rain had fully turned to snow, a wet snow that came down in flakes the size of quarters. The hard snow on the hood and windshield of his automobile and the car's whisk on the wet road fused in a background dirge to his lonely drive home. In his apartment, Joe stripped and showered. He soaped and scrubbed himself vigorously, as though the act of washing himself would cleanse him of both mud and memory. He brushed his teeth and stood naked in front of the mirror, watching his hands shake with that involuntary palsy of an old man. He was not an old man, but he had seen what only old men should see, and he would never be young again. Four years earlier, lying wounded in the mud of the Argonne Forest in eastern France, Joe had fully understood both fear and mortality. Having woken from the morning roar of a mortar attack, he had been certain of his own death in the way a man is certain of little else. He was certain that he would die, or that he had already died, for he felt no pain. With the return of his senses and the onset of his pain, however, he knew that he was alive, bleeding, and covered in the blood and body parts of other men. After that day, he would taste his own fear and sense his own mortality many times, returning time and again to the lessons of his lost youth as he woke from his dream in the middle of a barren sleep. The death of Gresham replayed his own wounding, as well as deaths he had seen and even caused.